buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. Hey, good afternoon, and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronning and Gary Callagher here in studio today in Duluth, Minnesota. Mr. Callagher, how are you doing? Jim, it's good to see you. It's been several... It's good to be seen. I don't know how long it's been since I've actually seen you, since we've actually been in studio. We haven't done done an in-studio show for a long time. So it's good to... Yeah. Be here. It's good to see you. Yes. You got a lot more tan than most of us in this city. But, well, yes, uh, yeah. I'm in the sun a lot. There's the a lot of golf goes. courses to be conquered, Gary, uh-huh. in Florida. So, but yeah, no, it's um, uh, it's good to be here. Um, uh, I I had jeans on yesterday, first time in months. <laughs> um, so you know, I, I like uh, I like shorts much better. So. Anyway, that's just the way I roll. Well, you were up here earlier this summer, and the weather was kind of not yeah, good. And it got up. It's not to, the best week going on this right. week so far, but it, it is what it is. And uh, yeah, I, well, when we get to see our kids, which is you know that's why we all came up. So yeah, we're going to we're going to like a family get together in Bayfield. Um, so it'll be fun, you know, to get together with our children. They all live in the cities, well, except for RJ lives lives in uh, Superior still. But yeah, so anyway. Um, real estate is uh, is busy. I, I've got uh, you know typical real estate. I'm in Duluth, and I've got issues back home in my real estate deals. You know, so I'm handling all of that at the same time. There is no true vacation for a realtor, don't you think? No, there isn't. You always bring your computer with you, and that's just the way it goes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. part of what we deal with. We're in negotiations right now on one with um, some repairs, and um, I don't know how to put it nicely, but. The other agent that I'm working with does not know the contract at all, which is frustrating. So, anyway, it's nothing that we need to talk about here. But it's it's just uh, yeah, you know what it's like when you're when you're dealing with somebody that's a little bit incompetent as far as what the the written word says, which is you know you and I know is the only thing that matters. Um, but anyway, I'll get through it here. We just got to save this little deal. So, well, Jim, we got a great show going today, and um, we got a special guest. We've got our favorite. Um, commercial real estate agent here with us, Mr. Greg Fulmer, and he's going to be talking a little bit about the uh, central sale and what's going on with commercial real estate in the city. And then we're also going to talk about the one of the first, um, the data that, that they've accumulated now from uh, this market that we've been going through for the last couple of years. Right. There's the first study out about that and this historic um, uh, market that we've been in with people paying uh, well over list price and uh, some extremely interesting data that they've they've come up with. And uh, this was a 20-page report that they put out. And a lady by the name of Jamie Dunaway Seal uh, has written this. And it's, it's starting to, to get all over the, uh, the uh, Internet now. But uh, I actually contacted her and asked her if she'd come on the show. But right. uh, we couldn't work it out this week. But we're going to plan on having her maybe next That's week or the cool. week after. And you're, she'll come on the show and talk about this. You're up on me because I have not seen this yet. So, you're, you know, folks, when you hear it in your ears, it's going to be the first time I've heard it in mine. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be lively and comment on it when we talk about it. Well, they've got some uh, incredible data coming out of here. Um, 
And one of the interesting things, Jim, and you just touched about this, about real estate agents, real estate agents got very high marks from the people that were surveyed on this, that that the good agents help make these home buying processes a lot easier and a lot less stressful than uh, uh, a bad agent. And so they got very high marks for the most part. So it'll be interesting to hear about that as well. So uh, we'll be talking about that. We got some market data. We got some interest rates to talk about. And so, uh, you know, with that, Jim, let's uh, let's bring in this guy that that we talk to every now and then. And I, Greg, know, he shows yeah. up and he's. Yeah. He's a good Greg interview. I got to. I got to say that he's I've a longtime heard, one friend the, and uh, one of the best customer event parties that I've ever heard of. But I and I was invited, but I've I've never been able to make it. Mr. Greg Fulmer, Greg, you want to say hello? Hello. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Just got back in town. Took a little time off, like you say. The vacation's never really a vacation. You're on your phone all the time. Anyway, listen to this one, Jim. He inks a big deal selling one of these schools, and he leaves on Leave vacation. Yeah. I mean, why stay around and screw it up? Why what? wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't That's get the it. Why. That's the guy I want to work with on my deal down in Florida. <laughs> you see, I mean, I want to work with a guy that doesn't want to screw it up. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Anyway. So and. It, in any event, welcome back. I'm glad you could make it because I think you just got back in town yesterday. So, yeah. uh, or not yesterday, but it'd be um, uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. And I uh, uh, appreciate you coming up here while we're, we're pre-recording this and uh, talk about this uh, this sale of this central school building, Greg. What can you tell us, man? What's going on? Is it a done deal? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not closed. I mean, nothing's done until I've had my first beer off the commission, but... Yeah, <laughs> first beer or whiskey? Oh, I'm beer. Okay. Uh, I will go tequila, but I but oh, I have to start with beer. But the uh, <laughs> but yes, I mean we negotiated a purchase agreement over the last few months. Um, we had the first buyer walk away from us on the portion of the prop or the upper up the hill property they call it. Um, they did close on the downtown uh, historic building, but they opted out of the one on top of the hill, and right away we had a backup of three good quality buyers and we finally negotiated an, a purchase agreement with the the best of them and actually acquired a larger purchase price um, on the second time we went out on the market and so we have a nice good high quality cash purchaser in place and we're very happy about it and he was you know head and shoulders above the others on his offer so how do you figure out which offer is the right offer to take? What was the, was there a process that you guys had to go through to like kind of weed out some of the? There was. What were some of the differences? Yeah, so the, the differences are pretty obvious, you know, because I work and I see these guys every day. And so there was a couple of different companies, one local and uh, one from the Minneapolis market working on developments in this area. But their track record is basically what we go by. So when I look at these companies, I, I have to establish, have they done this before? Do they have the capacity to do this work? Um, have they been a challenging developer to work with in the past? Um, so all of these things that we I see every day and we work through those and we had just sold the lighthouse center for which has been renamed lighthouse center for vital living group had a warehouse uh on uh 4510 i think it was 4510 or 4501 west 1st street and that was a five million dollar purchase this guy came in bought it closed in 90 days less than 90 days cash done and he also just bought Andy and he has already had the um, um, Kenwood Village. Kenwood Village, and so he's got good credibility in this market, and uh, so it was well, easy. It was easy to do the deal. He had a lot of cash. 
sounds like he's pretty well vested in the community then. He is, yeah. But they're not from this area. They are I not. believe they're out of New York. They're okay? out of New York, yep. It's and a how family. Did, how did they get into this marketplace? What brought them into town? I think they're like a five-generation family investment group. I don't even know how they chose this market, but they weren't initially looking at this market as development. They were looking at it as investment in existing buildings like uh, Kenwood Village, like Andy. And then once I spent some time with them on the Lighthouse Center for Vision Loss building, that warehouse, we began talking more about the importance of development in this market. And he agreed. And we would gone off, gone after a couple of projects. And then Central Hill came back on the market. And so he jumped on the deal. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that they just closed on the ND apartment buildings on 21st Avenue East and yeah. London Road this year. Yeah. Wasn't that in like January yeah. or February that That's they closed right. on That's right, $50 million bucks. Just like that. And, and wow. is this a cash deal that they're buying? The I think they're financing. With? No, I mean, they they aren't. It's not subject to bank financing. It's not even subject to getting a TIF district or anything, although they'll apply for all that. But he just figured he'd work with the city. He's had a good experience with the city. Um, so he just felt comfortable. And he's done a lot of deals here. He likes this community. Um, and so I think he's, he's, and he's comfortable with the work we've been doing with him. So, uh, yeah, he, he just felt good about it and uh, so he's he, he, he takes a lot of risks his family takes a lot of risk they can afford to they've done good work like this in other markets as well so were the other buyers local uh one of them was yeah yeah really strong uh, local group i have a question so um you were talking about uh he works with the city he likes working with the city yep. in the past that's not always been the case i mean i we've it's not it's no secret it's been duluth and superior where it's been it's been hard to um, you know, open up the developments in, in in many ways. So, are we are we saying that things are? What is your opinion? I mean, is it a little bit easier to navigate? Um, you know, the the process of uh, of development in in the Twin Ports. Yeah, I, you know, I hear it all the time, right? I hear people complain about the city and how hard it is to develop here, and and this and that. My my answer to that is BS. You know, is it okay? It's tough. It's tough anywhere you are. You want to do a development, yeah. you have a lot of overlap in ownership. You have a lot of you know uh, issues related to to development for fire security, street and road repairs. And developers naturally want all that they can get out of a city, and so there's a play there for the city that says, hey. Hey, we, we want some of our things if you're going to borrow some of our money, too. And people complain about it. There's, there's no doubt about it. My answer to that is that's any community. Try and do a deal in Minneapolis and see how, see how tough that is. That's, right. that's real. Well, and you know, that it, real it, tough. We see that in um, – I see that in Florida, too, with uh, some of these um, – Commercial developments that 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 come in and uh, like height restrictions. Yeah, uh, they want to keep the small town feel, so they only want a certain number of stories, and everybody wants to go over that. And even when they go, you know, one story above that to provide underground parking, um, I mean, the the meeting is overrun with people objecting. Yeah, uh, and so I, I get it. They have to they have to listen to all of those and go through that whole process. And Minneapolis, you're right. I mean, um, there are a lot. There's still it's amazing how many buildings are going up is just down there yeah. how many buildings are just under construction but I know that there's a lot of uh, anti gentrification down there of, yeah. of tearing down houses um, that were affordable to people in order to uh, build you know high rises where they're charging a lot of rent so 
I get it. You know, yeah. I see it here too, even in Duluth on a smaller scale. But the reality is, I mean, there's arguments over this little building on the corner right over here being torn down. The benefit is it's a nice historic looking building, uh, but it's 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 old. It's it's to to renovate it and get rent to pay for that is almost impossible. It it is impossible. And so the answer is, would I rather save that little building that isn't, you know, that that historic in nature? Or would I rather yeah. see a $200 million new development there? Right, I want exactly. the $200 million new development. Thanks. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and, and Gary, there's, there's been one property that's been in the news for 10 years that we talk about where, where people are trying to save it. So we don't yeah, need to go it's there It's just either. about as dumb as anything. So, yeah, exactly. All right, folks, you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. we got to take a break here. Thanks for tuning in, but we'll be right back. Hang in there. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronding, Gary Callagher from Remax. I, of course, am normally in Florida, in Duluth right now, and Gary, of course, works in the Twin Ports. Gary, we haven't get out our digits yet, so let's do that, and then we're going to ask Mr. Palmer to do the same. Folks, you can reach me at 218-390-0615. I'm licensed in both Minnesota and Wisconsin. And you can reach me down in Florida at 218-348-7653. And yes, uh, we have a lot of real estate down there, so I'd love to sell some. And Mr. Fulmer, please give out your digits. Uh, we have a new office location. We're on the Michigan Street level of the Electric Fetus Building, and my number there is 218-310-0013. Nice. When did you move in there? Uh, about three weeks ago. Valerie moved us in. I will have to say I didn't really do a lot You were on there, vacation. But, yeah, well, doesn't I, she do most of the things anyway? <laughs> Well, she's scheduling for you. The I called to get you on the show, and I got a message. Call Val. I would not make it very well without Valerie. We wouldn't do the work that we do. All right. So we were just talking about, um, Gary, you had mentioned how many acres is the the hillside central site. So let's let's bring our audience in on that one. Well, I know the the whole site is about 78 acres, I believe, but you're not selling the whole thing. And and the the school district is retaining, I believe, 22 acres, it said in in the uh, News Tribune article, uh, and they're building their new administrative buildings up there and i believe that's well underway that they've started to do that already and uh, there's a lot of activity going on up on that site if you drive by there you can see the road you can see where they put new utilities in and you come down off of blackman avenue and they're also starting to to uh, or have accessed off there so um was there any uh, negotiations in terms of like, uh, hey, we want more land with this buyer? Did he want more land? Or was it just kind of like when you came in, this is what we're selling? This is what we're selling was the thing. The district had already carved out the piece they needed in the previous deal that we had that the first buyer uh, walked away from. And so the known was how much we are selling and how much we are keeping as the district. When I say we, I should say the district is keeping. And so it was defined. What Any plans? Can you give us any insight as to what they're planning on doing with that Yeah, site? I think he'd like to depart from height regulations or height restrictions up there to some degree, and there is pliability within the code for that. And, uh, and again, related to how to work with the city, begin often and early with them, and I think you can get a lot of the things that you want that make sense. Um, and Are we so talking the, about housing? Housing up there is what we're talking about. They're going to be doing uh, residential income. There might be some townhomes. There, could, there's, there is the STC building. And in the agreement, uh, the buyer has the right to begin marketing that, though not sign a tenant until what, after what's closing. The STC? That is the... It's the old vo- vocational? The vocational, okay. yeah. Right, yeah, right, yeah. Where, where the so driving range used to be about, down yeah. there. There's a soccer field down there for the kids that had been, we had played in the yep. past on. So, so the old STC building, technical college. And, Correct. Yep, and that building is 53,000 square feet. So I'll be meeting with the buyer probably in the next couple of weeks. 
and begin marketing that. Subject. So they're going to keep that intact. They're not going to. Yeah, I think demo he wants to. And yeah, gonna, and yeah, we're going to get to. You know, he's going to get to work on it and get it cleaned up and ready to go. But it's a beautiful building. All Lake View has great parking and garage. So when space. are you closing on this site? Is this? I think we'll close um, after the demolition of the main school building to make the deal as clean as possible. It was kind of a hanging issue because we didn't want to have a lot of escrow over demolition or anything like that. Um, so it made sense to close it, uh, which I think will be the demolition should be done in November to. December, so we're probably going to close it in December, January uh, 2023, or 2022, 2023, somewhere in there. And then he'll start to develop this thing, I would imagine, sometime next year? Yeah, he's going to begin making all the efforts that he can to get it up and running. You don't want to dish out you know, a pile of money and not get to use it, start using it as fast as you can. And there's some uh, overlap with some of the construction up there and some of the demolition of the building, and then he can probably join in on some of that. It's been a very nice transaction. Um, both sides have been very very amicable and looking forward to having him kind of piggyback on some of the construction companies they have up there doing demo and get his compacted soils in because that'll be buildings there as well um, where, the, where the where the school is being removed. You know, I have, a, I have a general question. So I haven't been involved in the in the real estate, the commercial real estate market um, up here for for a couple of years now, three four years, and and. Give me an idea of um, like a class A commercial space. What's what's the square foot? Um, I mean, can you give me an, any yeah. any ballparks on that kind of stuff? I I can. So I mean, I would look at class A commercial space um, as. Like we're in Class A space right now. We're in Class A space. We are it's in the tech tech, village. tech. They still call it the tech village. They do call it the tech village. So, yeah. it's, Center, yeah. tech in village. its tech technical Center. understanding of Class A, we don't actually have a Class A office building in the market right, right. now yep. because it's older than ten years. Right, but right. These are equivalent to Class A, so I would say the tech village being probably one of the best. Um, that Class A space is around fourteen bucks a square foot. And then the cam charges and taxes, insurance, and all of that are probably in the $9 per square foot range. So all in, before you do your tenant build-out in a space, you're probably right. into that 23 bucks a square foot. Right, right, right. 23 4 bucks a square foot. And there's stuff, you know, top of the, top of the Maurice's Tower, which is single-tenant designed building. But right. there's a floor up there, and they're asking 17 and change per square foot with $10 in cam. So you can get into 24 to 28 all in. Wow! Yeah, well, some of the medical office buildings down on London Road, you know, and there'll be some new development down there. Those get into a much bigger number. You'll get into some really technical buildings and buildouts there. So you'll get into thirty-five, thirty-four, why the or difference? 30, 38, 40. Why the difference in price per square foot? Uh, because they'll have such an infrastructure in them if they're going to be sort of like a medical office building and you're putting in medical tenants and you're going to do – they have underground parking over there and the price they're paying for land right now and construction cost right now is all going up. So those are newer. That's part of it. Greg, what's hot in, in commercial real estate in town? Where are the hot areas and what is the hot type of properties? I would love to have half a dozen ten to 20,000 square foot warehouse buildings right yeah. <laughs> like anybody changed a bit, that has hasn't it? changed a bit no. but the, the the hottest market they talk about so does so is 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 they is considered lincoln park right still it's it's right. been hot but to be honest with you that's a great nice market i'm really happy about it it you know it was long overdue for something like that to happen 
but it is really where we are now. It is East Downtown Duluth that is the best market in town. It is the most infrastructure, the most invested in area, and there are good, nice spaces down here. And uh, so this this East Downtown Duluth, east of Lake Avenue on Superior Street, fabulous right now. Greg, I have a son. One, I have several <laughs> sons, but I have one. One of my my oldest son is in the real estate here in the community, and he's um, he's a big fan of yours. And I don't know why, but but he is, and uh, he's gotten himself into the commercial real estate market, the residential income market. He's he's really jumped in uh, full feet, and uh, uh, he um, he's kind of got. I'm not going to say a relationship with you, but he's kind of he he calls me frequently, and he'll say, "Hey, uh, I talked to Greg today," and I'm like, "Why?" Yeah, he hasn't called me dad yet. But But I'll tell you what, that kid is so sharp. It's just unbelievable. The detail that he knows about the markets, the way he understands how to invest. He's a sharp kid. So that's, you know, uh, congratulations. You have a, a really cool kid. Really smart. Uh, we love working with them when we get to, and so yeah, it's been great. We always we we talk about in the event we ever had to have an agent or ex- expand more or whatever, he he would be our first call. You know, um, though he doesn't need us. Obviously, he's going to be smarter than than all of us anyway. He invests very well. Well, you know, I tell the story where I tried to talk him out of getting into real estate because he's he's a college graduate. He's traveled all over. The, he's taught all over the world. And I and when he came back and said, "I'm going to sell real estate with you," I'm like, I did my best to talk him out of it, but he, he wasn't having it. So, but he's he recent he bought a building out in the uh, Spirit Valley District, right in that main he did uh, area out there. Yeah. And they just recently bought a building in that Lincoln Park area. He's got one under contract over there that we think is going to go very well for him. And so, yeah, but he's yeah. with a partner. It's not he him. does. Yeah, doing well, it on his own. So. He's smart enough to know where he can do things and can't. He's brought in a construction partner, right? And that one's going to need a lot of renovations. And so, you know, he's you know he's understanding it well. And I think the partner he has is pretty good too. So yeah, yeah. Well, good stuff. What else is going on in the in the commercial real estate? Community? You know, we're very busy. Leases? Are you leasing? Anything? Leasing lots of space too. I would say that's the. Our, our our slowest segment, but leasing is decent. Um, really looking forward to, uh, again, what we have in this eastern section of downtown Duluth with the Essentia when that starts filling up with employees wow. and, they start, be and they start building the other building right there where the uh, Voyager Hotel used to right, be. Right. And I mean, That's more people downtown. Building, right? Yes, yep. it'll be a 15 story, 14 or 15 story apartment building with retail on the main floor. They haven't started that yet, though. What's the They whole haven't up? started that. You know what? Um, they had a lot of challenges and I think also construction costs scared everybody for a while. You couldn't get everything you wanted and so they pushed back their development agreements with the city and uh, and so I think that's supposed to be starting this season or probably right away. Uh, makes more sense now for early um, early 2023 now but, um, but I think they're actually doing work on the site that they're trying to share some of the construction crew that's over there on the Essentia deal. Uh, I have a question. So, your commercial um, your commercial buildings that you're selling and leasing. What do you? What's your best marketing venue that you use? I know for a fact that you're not a fan of most of those. Um, but but what do you what, what do you feel is the strongest? And uh, what's what's your what's your key? Yeah. So I would say the key for us is probably in networking and relationships and developing those i would say we have to have marketing and so um the stuff that we use is like loopnet uh cr crexi taste in your mouth about loopnet 
I, 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 I do a little bit. I mean, I, I am still a little venomous from, you know, the jab they gave us. I mean, we were with them since the beginning and then at 199 a month, and then they went into, hey, we're only going to allow big market people that can afford us. And, I mean, my bill would have gone to, like, 1500 a month or something. I'm like, yeah, guys, I'm, I'm not in a big market like that. Right. So we still advertise on there that we give them our data. They want our data. Right, of course. Yeah. So every big company, all the big multinationals, Cushman Wakefield, CB Richard Ellis, all these Cushman Wakefields, they still see it because they have the budget to afford that venue, CoStar and LoopNet, I just don't. And so, right. but they want to. They, they are not a small company. No, they, uh, yeah, and they see our stuff, so that our stuff is on there, but it's it's they, not available to the average person. Dot com, LoopNet, didn't don't they own Apartments dot com? That part I don't know. Yeah, no, I I think okay. they're, they're I think they do. They they are a huge company. They, they are. are very diversified, yeah. and um, but yeah, they I are. Think LoopNet is at the core, or, or CoStar. CoStar is at the CoStar is I think the parent company, and right. then everything yeah. falls. Yep. Under that, yeah, yeah, but there's another one that's CRX, uh, Crexy. That's free. We just put our and stuff that's a on good there. Site? Yeah, it's I've a great site. site. That's I a like great it site. better actually. You but know? but the other thing too, you got your own website. I do. And your website. You got a good website. What's your uh, web address? My web address is www.gregfulmer.com. It's pretty, pretty simple. simple. Pretty simple right yeah, there. That is the most traveled s- website for commercial property, and we have the largest amount of inventory there. It's the most relevant commercial real estate in the area. So that's another big deal for us, and we've spent money to keep that updated and keep going modern with that everywhere we can. So, and well, Lord knows that's not cheap. But we have a lot of other venues, lots and lots yeah. of venues. So you got to rely on all kinds of things. What's slow? I mean, is there any? There's got to be some slow stuff going on out there for any properties. You're just like saying, "Oh man, come yeah, on." You know, whenever I, you know, it, it gets tough when you when you you know Superior is a slower market for us, but it's been productive. Um, Two Harbors gets to be slow for us at times. Anytime we get in off the major beaten track or off the beaten path, it can be a little slower. Cloquet, if I'm not on Highway 33. I, it might be slow. If I'm over on Cloquet Avenue in the old downtown section, could be slow. If I'm up in Hibbing on an off street up there, could be slow. If I'm, you know, uh, same with Virginia. But, I mean, uh, Duluth being our primary market, but, uh, you if know, If you've got a property that's, and I don't want to call it, you know, dead, but it's just nothing happening on it. What do you do? How do you handle getting those things rented for people? Because obviously people don't like these things to sit vacant. Right. It's, it's a money-losing proposition yeah. for them. Is there anything that you tell people and just to, to help we do. them get yeah. these things? I have to make them live with the expectations of what they have. Many people, when they have commercial real estate, first thing on their mind is they're supposed to make millions of dollars. And the answer is just, you're not going to. It's a tough industry. And unless you're a full-time practitioner as a developer, you're probably just a person that's out there kind of suffering through, should I redevelop my storefront? Should I improve this or should I improve that? Uh, or you might be sitting there languishing on the market trying to wait for a tenant. The the thing is, we, we want to give you the right advice. Um, so we can give you the right advice. At that point, you have to decide. You know, do you have the do you have the stones to wait for the market? Because the market here, the average market time for a place like Central Entrance to go from vacant to occupied, uh, national statistics is over three hundred days. One year. We in this market, I tell people to get ready for eighteen months. Right. And then you're also going to have to be prepared to redevelop the property. And we see tons of people that just never put anything back in. They don't do any of the demo. They 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 think they're gonna someone's gonna reuse the build out in a building. That's my toughest conversation. I'm like, hey, I see the build out you have in here, and it was kind of cool when you did it. But it's twenty years ago when you did it. So yank it out. 
People don't see that. They want a blank blank box to put their own new deal in. So we, we give all kinds of advice that has relevance to each property, and they're all unique. And there's that's the nice thing for me. I have lots of inventory to choose from, but some of it's really unique and can be challenging to fill. Uh, one last question before we take our next break. So um, the pandemic, uh, everybody was working from home, and the prediction was is that this is going to have a serious impact on on um, commercial office space. Uh, what are you seeing in the in the in the Twin Ports? Yeah, we've heard other commercial agents talk about the office market as though you may as well put a fork in it. And the answer is they're just wrong. Right. The, the, it's a changing market, just like when you see a forest fire just obliterate an area in the boundary waters. Well, okay. And they put the little signs out, changing landscape here or whatever. That's all it is. So we're watching some of the older stock buildings go from office buildings into apartments and redeveloped as right. downtown living which was what which is what we want meaning now less product of office space i don't think you're going to see a new office building being built for a while a construction costs um b it is not it is not a huge strong market around here um so the stuff that's out there the class b stuff you know it's in a decent position we have the u.s bank building on the market um and we co-list that with a and l we partner with them quite a bit and uh, you know we're seeing good success on leasing up some of that building it's not it's still at probably 40 percent vacant but i think we're probably inching closer to getting it down to 30 percent vacancy and we hope to get it in that 80 percent range 80 85 very good but all right yeah it's just a changing market all right, folks, we got to take a break here. You're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we will be right back, so stay right there. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rondin, Gary Callagher here from REMAX, and today we've got our special guest, Greg Fulmer, and he's going to hang out uh, and stick with us while we talk about this study that Gary has been talking about since the beginning. So, Gary, lay it on us. Let's hear this. Well, Jim, they've got the first study that has come out now and is dealing with all the data that they've accumulated over the last three years with this historic um, real estate, residential real estate market that we've been in since the pandemic has started. There's never been any real studies, never really data that's been compiled and put in a um, – uh, a study like this. So uh, when I saw this, uh, and a client of mine sent this to me, he, you know, this guy that, that I've been working with over the last few years, and he sent this to me, and, and he's got this thing all itemized, and I sent back, and I said, my God, I said, where did you get this? Right. And uh, he, and he sent me the link to this, and uh, and I read through this, and I've read through this thing like a half a dozen times already. <laughs> and uh, uh, the the lady that wrote this, her name is Jamie Dunaway Seal, and I and I immediately sent an email off to her and asked her if she'd come on the show. Right. We tried to get her for this week, but the timing just didn't work out. But um, some incredible statistics that have come out about this historic um, real estate market that we've uh, uh, just been through. And the, the opening line to this, Jim, is the American dream of owning a home is still alive and well. Okay. And then the other, and I'm not going to talk too much because we want to get her on the show, but I'm going to touch on some high points on this thing. And um, the one thing that I took out of this is that the American dream is still alive and well, but the buyers, the number of first time home buyers, Jim, is staggering. This survey uh, was done, and 70% of the people that were surveyed were first time buyers. Wow. And they were millennials. 
We've been talking about this for several years. For decades. About how they're, We've been talking they're about going millennials to impact ever the market. since we started the radio show. And and so um, when they were children. <laughs> yeah, and and, and, they, and they weren't going to buy homes right. because their parents had they, just remember, come through the recession. I remember, I, I'll never forget it. We we were talking about an article that says we don't want your old house, and we were going wait till you have kids. You will, but anyway. Anyway, Jim, interesting stat here: nearly one fourth. They're they're saying twenty two percent of all of these buyers that were surveyed, they were not satisfied with the home buying experience. Okay. And part of that was that means three quarters were because they're millennials. <laughs> oh, well, I don't. We don't. Ha- I don't have the insight, and that's what will be interesting to talk to ja- Jamie about. This is you know where you know because she did the survey here, and so what her insights on this will be will will, will be great. Eighty-eight um, percent of the respondents said the competitive housing market impacted their home buying experience, and that that the um, when buying a home in the competitive market that we that we were in, right. having to look at houses, having to go through multiple offers, having to go through multiple offers, in some cases several times, this impacted how they and what they bought. And you know what the number one issue people looked for when they bought a home was? Location. Yeah. Location. Some things never change, huh? And uh, the percentage of people that had to compromise their location was a good number, and that they had to end up living in a location that they was less desirable to them. And when asked about that location that they're living in, they felt and they still don't like it. Well, and you know what? We talked about that before, where um, there was a lot of buyer's remorse. Um, fast forward a year after they bought their house that they didn't like where they were living. They felt like they were forced to buy it because if they didn't get this one, they were never going to get a house. And you know what? I mean, how many buyers have you and I worked with personally that say, we're never going to get a house? And sometimes, you know, it's hard to bring them back to the table because you, you, you start to wonder yourself, are you ever going to get a house? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're, we're you're going up against cash. You're going FHA or conventional financing. You've got, you're going up against 15 offers in the first day I mean it's just a whirlwind so well, yeah I go on on that I mean but part of, you know I mean remember my first house was you know it was, it's not what I wanted all of us have to start somewhere and if you don't get what you want that's it's 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 tough it's part of being young well that's ancient though what are you yeah. talking about? That's going back to the from 90s. when I was young. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying it's you a know, different market. Oh, I, still, young people might not get what they want. They might have to work into that one day. Good point. Well, what the I hell? It, it, the majority <laughs> of the houses, and I've owned many. The majority of the houses that I've purchased have all been in buyers' markets. You know, um, including my very first. You know, I mean, everybody was happy. Oh, you're bringing a buyer through. Oh, yes, yes, bring them in, bring them in. You know, those kind of markets. So um, that's true. Where you can where you can shop whatever neighborhood you want. You know, so I mean, yeah, I understand that part of it that they're dissatisfied with where they ended up. Um, and then you fast forward, I think, into um, today's world of shootings everywhere. I mean, you know, they, there was tragedy down in, the, in Minneapolis area again this last weekend. And then you've got all these school tragedies and all this just weird, weird stuff. Throw in the pandemic. I mean, my God, what a time to buy a house. 
you know. But anyway, go on with this article. No, the um, uh, some of the other numbers here, Jim, is um, uh, 31% of these buyers paid over the asking price, and the median amount that, that was paid over the listing price was $65,000. <laughs> so that's pretty significant. And the, the uh, median amount of the of the pricing for their home was four ninety five, and the national median average is four twenty eight. So um, those are significant numbers. Now we don't have those types no. of numbers up here, and so that's one of my questions for the uh, the author of this article is. Where was the majority of these people? Where were they surveyed from? And I hope it's a smattering all across the country. But they did. She did reference in this article uh, some of the western states. Right. And so I'm not sure exactly where the uh, well, even though people are leaving California, these, you know, quite a bit because I I know that a lot of them are coming to Florida. Their real estate market's still insane. Their prices are insane. You know, Jim, eighty percent of home buyers had to compromise on their priorities. Meaning, like, if they wanted um, two baths, maybe they took one bath. If they right. wanted a two-car garage, maybe they settled for no garage. And so, um, and then, obviously, location They wanted a, a large one. lot. They, they ended up with something that wasn't as big, you know. I mean, yeah. I or or they, they, they got everything they wanted on the, you know, around the outside, but they had to do a lot of work on the inside, I'm imagining. Fuck my sunglasses. All right. See you later, Mr. Fulmer. See you guys. Um, Jim, cash, the cash market. Cash market nationally wasn't, or at least in this survey, it wasn't as big as what we're experiencing up here. But uh, uh, people that bought uh, properties cash had to, either they could afford it or they drew their money out of their savings, had to borrow from their, their uh, retirement accounts, uh, or they um, asked a family member, something right, like yeah, that. Right, yeah, family members. We've had a lot of that where... Um, you know, the, the cash was coming from mom and dad. Um, we had one where uh, it was a cash offer, and then once they got their deal accepted, they wanted to switch to financing, and uh, we wouldn't let them. Um, and, you know, that was their plan all along, and, you know, cash is cash, so they had to, they had to continue on the road with cash. Well, I think the, the, one of the biggest takeaways out of this uh, study or this uh, survey here was the first-time home buyers and the millennials and and the risks that they were willing to take for going what we call all in on these home purchases right. versus versus the repeat buyers, um, and it was one of the other things that stood out to me was in multiple offers with sellers accepting uh, one of the uh, you know many offers that they were get on their house. It's it's funny the percentage of repeat buyers that that won the bidding process over the first time buyer, and they felt that they were a little bit more stable. They had owned a house, uh, they had a little bit more resources in terms of money to put down those types of things. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, the competition was quite tough, and uh, it, the buyer remorse thing is is still an alive and well thing too. You know where they 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 were forced to settle. Um, but that's an interesting study. The other thing that uh, that jumped out at me, and this is something you and I talked about going back year, year and a half, whatever, um, that 36% of these buyers that were surveyed made an offer on a home without seeing it in person first. Right. Uh, they bought it sight unseen. Well, and we've had many times where uh, when I've presented an offer, um, this is this is down in Florida where I presented an offer. I'll get a call back from the agent. Thank you for your offer. Did your buyer actually see this house, or was this a videoed um, showing? 
um, or were they not? You know, they just they just you know. Anyway, so we we always have those questions, um, and I think a lot of that comes from uh, we get offers on properties from from companies sight unseen, and you know they might be cash, but they were usually low at the time. So, Jim. Um Sixty-one percent of these buyers searched for a house for three months or more. Twelve percent of them searched for six months or longer before they right. bought a house. And I don't think that's uncommon in this marketplace. Some of some of the buyers that we've worked with have gone through a couple of different buying seasons. Well, and, oh, exactly. Yes, yes. And I mean, uh, I haven't tracked it, but I mean, I've had uh, several buyers where. We've had five, six, seven offers before they they were successful in in purchasing a house. Um, So during those three months, it doesn't mean they were not active. Those three or six months, they were active. They were trying to buy a house. Um, It's just, you know, losing out is, uh, is, is something that a lot of them got used to. Jim, here's one of the biggest percentages on this survey. Um, three and four buyers have regrets about their home purchase. Right. And uh, 30% of them believe they've overspent for a house and are concerned about what if I have to sell my house and the market go, you know, this market tanks. Right. Yeah, and that that's a real thing. I don't I don't know that the market's going to tank. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's a real thing that it that it could adjust. I think the thing that they have to uh to um um rest rest on their, you know, a little bit and be self-assured is the interest rate they got. Because the interest rate they got, it, it may never happen again. And while in in all, especially the millennials, the low interest rates have been there for the, basically their whole life or, you know, their whole adult life. So that was the norm when you and I, we've been around for a long time. We know that that was not the norm forever. Um, interest rates have been a lot higher, so we'll see. Gary, we're in a hard break here, so So, folks, stay tuned to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. We're going to come back and wrap it up for this Saturday. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show for this Saturday. Jim Rondon, Gary Callagher here from REMAX. Gary, give out your phone number before we head out the door here. I'm at 218-390-0615. And down in Florida, you can reach me at 218-348-7653. Jim, we've got some local statistics here. In Duluth, we currently have, um, uh, for active listings, oh, this isn't Duluth, this is the whole market. There's 200 active listings with an average list price of $348,000. So far, we've sold in this uh, our, our MLS market 1,095 homes this year with an average sale price, Jim, of $308,000. Wow. Just historical, unprecedented stuff. And so uh, in Duluth, we um, last week we had 83 active markets. This week again, we have uh, 83 active markets or active listings. Active listings, yes. <laughs> and uh, the average list price of those homes in Duluth is $395,000. Um, so far this year, Jim, in uh, uh, Duluth, we've sold 663 homes. This is Duluth proper. Average sale price, Jim, of $302,000. So just like it's staggering right. what's going on in this marketplace, right? You know, and, and I, you know another thing. I, I just wanted to get this in. I talked to, um, so I came back. I, I went over and, and um, met with um, a bunch of the the Remax um, results agents uh, in the Superior office just to say hello. And I was talking to one of them, and, and they had sold a, a property. Uh, I think it was on East Fifth Street in Superior, and it was. Um, I think he said it was two hundred and forty thousand dollars, and that closed. Three months ago, 
something like that. Um, and now he's got virtually the same house, you know, um, probably within a couple of blocks on the same street, you know. So you got you got everything is, is very, very similar, same square footage. And um, he indicated that, you know, he wasn't going to be able to get that. And he was more around the 220. So he said, yeah, our market has adjusted. It's a little bit by little bit. But he says, I feel that it has adjusted somewhat. So what do you think of that? Well, I think that there's definitely been adjustment. But I think when you look at the superior market, too, it's just a historic number. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, my yeah. goodness. Uh, you know, for the the sold properties in Superior, 171 sold properties this year with an average sale price of 198,000. Right. So I think it's still good. Yes, I think there's been a shift. But another encouraging sign here, Jim, is the interest rates have really come down in the last week. And these 30-year conventional terms are at five percent. The uh, 30-year FHAs are at five point three seven five, and your 38 or 30-year F or a VA. Loans are at 5.125. So it's good to see an easing of these mortgage interest rates. That's encouraging. It does seem to be more stable. It does seem to be yeah. stable what's going on in the market, and it's good Gas to see prices are, Gas prices are coming down. You know, although they're still a little bit high. They're, they're higher high. in the Twin Ports than I thought. Um, but, hey. All right, Gary, we got about about one more minute here, so uh, why don't we just give out our phone numbers here, and then uh, we'll, we'll call her a day. Well, Jim, it's good to see you back in the studio. Yeah. Welcome back it's to the Twin Porch. It's great to be back in the studio. Uh, it's probably uh, the best-sounding radio show they've heard from us, because we're usually recording 2,000 miles apart or whatever it is. So. And in any event, you, folks, you can reach me at 218-390-0615. And I'm at 218-348-7653. Enjoy your beautiful weekend. Uh, Go Twins, and thank you for listening.